He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Holy Official Podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell back today with Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys. Uh, head over to golfoklahoma.org. Check that all out. Hall of Fame dinner coming up this Sunday night. Some of the greats in the history of the game in the state of Oklahoma being inducted in the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame. That's coming up this Sunday. So we'll uh, talk more about that a little bit later in the show and next week as well. Fellas, appreciate y'all holding it down Monday. I was a little under the weather as the cold weather starts to roll in and then it rolls out for some hot weather and then some cold weather rolls in. It's kind of that time in the state of Oklahoma, but there's actually quite a bit going on in the game of golf right now. Uh, what all did y'all dive into on Monday? Uh, we dove into a few things. First, before I forget, uh, Colby mentioned the uh, Hall of Fame dinner uh, and we were supposed to have uh, one of the Hall of Fame uh, inductees on the show this week, but I think we're going to push it back to next week or maybe even the week after and kind of get their thoughts and reactions on how the Hall of Fame dinner went, uh, and that should be really good stuff. So, uh, But anyways, yeah, the other day went great. I mean, uh, we talked a lot uh, about probably a lot more about the LPGA than we've talked all year. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a crazy tournament. Did you yeah, see that, yeah. Colby? Another heartbreak for Lexi. Um, it's just Obviously, Kokrak winning. Yeah. Kokrak winning um, and you know it, drafted Jason. Kokrak's a winning machine, by the way. He didn't win for however many starts it was to start his career. He's now won three of his last twenty-seven starts. So I want to ask a winning you the, machine. I want to ask you the same question I asked Taylor on the show: Is Kokrak underrated to you? Yes, yes, because he's not a big name in the game of golf. And I was actually thinking about this as I was watching it on Sunday because I had it turned on. You and I had both pit, both picked Scheffler. Um, Wolf was kind of up there lingering, so I had to turn Kevin on Tway, on Sunday. Obviously. Kevin yep. Tway, yep. I was watching it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why doesn't Kokrak get the respect he deserves? And all I could really come down to was, number one, uh, two things, really. Number one, it took him a long time on the tour mm-hmm. to become a really good player. That's what I said. And when you yeah. don't do it at a young age, you don't get the hype built up. Right. So I think that's number one. And number two, he hasn't done it at a major. Um, and I don't mean win a major. I can't really think of a time when I've looked at a leaderboard on Sunday at a major and thought, Kokrak could win this. They're all been backdoor top 20s if yes. he's had them. Yes. Good now, point. as soon as he starts competing at the majors, as soon as we get, you know, maybe twice in a calendar year where Kokrak's name is at least on the leaderboard on Sunday, like, oh, this guy's a real chance to win the tournament, I think he'll start getting some more respect because he's been a winning machine the last couple and of I years. I think you're starting to see some of the guys that were barely left off that, li- that list for the uh, Ryder Cup. Uh, kind of use the Ryder Cup as motivation. We've already seen Sam Burns win. We've seen Kokrak win now. Maybe Kevin Na is the pick uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh, but, you know, I do think that that's a huge deal for the U.S. because they've been, you know, we've had a lot of talk about how strong, you know, the U.S. team is. And now we're just seeing how deep the U.S. team is, just as good as the talent is at the top. Well, and I don't know what you think, Tyler, but you and I have both been very anti-having Patrick Reed on the team. You, 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 take <laughs> him out of, you take him out of the locker room, and all of a sudden everybody loves everybody, and they win by 10 points. I think as deep as the U.S. is right now, and I don't know if you feel this way, Taylor, I don't need to see Patrick Reed on another American team, President's Cup or Ryder Cup. No, not anytime soon, especially. I mean, he, he has to be like a top five player in the world for, for the negativity to work out, to equate. For, for me, even he has then, to qualify on points. Uh, 100%. That's the only way. And then, then we might make petitions to where we limit the amount of captain's picks to wherever <laughs> he's at. Here's our version of how high, uh, how high today, guys. Kokrak's highest finish in a major. Oh, oh. 
Now that's a good one. And and the year and the tournament. I'm just going to. I don't know, I don't know either. I'm I'm gonna just. <sighs> I'll say he finished sixth in a tournament, and I'll say it was in the. Okay. Yeah, well, now that Tito's laughing, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, it's funny because you're trying to predict the tournament. I'll, I'll, too. Say, it's so funny. I'll say he finished sixth in the 2015 uh, U.S. Open. See, that, I think that would have been at Chambers Bank. I think probably a PGA Championship will be his highest finish, and I'm going to say T13 is his highest finish in a major. Highest finish in a major. T-17, wow. U.S. Open 2020. Wow. Highest finish in the Masters, 49th, wow. 2021. Highest finish in the PGA, T-19, 2018, which that was at... That's uh, the answer, Colby. We didn't even bring that up on the last show about T-17? how he hasn't finished t- high up in any majors. And that's how, you're, that's how you get your name in, in the conversation. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's four times a year where you can really put yourself on the big stage. I mean, Kokrak's got a CJ Cup. He's got, you know, Houston last week. What was his third win? Colonial. That Colonial. was that one where yeah. at Southern. Correct. Yeah. When he yeah. beat Spieth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Longhorn killer. His last two <laughs> wins, he stared down Spieth and Scheffler. Yep. I like it. My kind of guy. Uh, my kind of guy. Exactly. Uh, so we talked about, uh, you know, kind of limiting things. Speaking of limiting, Billy Horschel had some quotes going around yesterday that are really lighting some people up in the game of golf. Billy Horschel said, in my mind, we should make the tour more competitive Maybe instead of giving out 125 cards every year, we cut it down to 100. And we cut down the Corn Ferry cards from 50 to 30. Now you're getting the better players week in and week out. Guys are sort of happy just finishing on the PGA Tour every year and collecting a million plus dollars and that they're actually striving to be the best players on the PGA Tour. Um, he's saying make it to where they're actually striving to be the best players on the PGA Tour. Guys, would you be interested to know that Billy Horschel <laughs> went to Q School four times back when Q School could earn you a card to the PGA Tour. He finished below 140th on the money list two seasons in a row, and he's now petitioning that we limit the fields and limit the cards, and I really don't know what to make of it because if somebody were going to take this stance, I would think it would be a phenom who went straight from college to the winner's circle, not a guy who had to grind his way onto the tour like Billy Horschel. What were y'all's thoughts when all this broke yesterday? My thought, my first initial thought was I wouldn't expect him to wake up on a Tuesday morning and see Billy Horschel telling me that uh, the average tour player should be getting paid less after all of this. Uh, it's like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was ludicrous what Billy Horschel said. And, and it to make it even dumber of a statement, just like you said, Colby. I mean, he benefited from from having Q school that they don't even have now and and I think that this is this is why the PGA Tour players union is maybe the least uh you know strong players union in all of sports it's because you know there's such a disconnect between guys that have been on tour for a long time and guys that are trying to get on tour and I've said it many many times that you know, it's a lot harder to get onto the PGA Tour in 2021 and 2022 than it is to stay on the PGA Tour. So, in my mind, I think they should be giving more spots, you know, every year to Corn Ferry guys and kicking more guys off the tour that played like crap in the previous year on the PGA Tour. 
Here, here's a quote from Billy right here. It says, we're the top 30, and he adds 40, but I'm going to do 30 for my sake of the argument. Gets paid a lot of money when they don't get paid as much down below. It really pushes guys to do everything they can do to be the best player they can be. Okay, so here's the question. How many times did Billy Horschel last year finish outside the top 30 and make the cut and make a check? 11! <laughs> 11 times! So you just donate your money back, Billy. You, you didn't earn it. You, you just mediocrely made a check 11 times in 2021. Uh, here, here's my question. Which Gator had the worst week? Billy Horschel making an ass out of himself with these comments <laughs> and just getting blasted the last 24 hours or the actual Florida Gators who gave up 52 to Samford? Not Stanford. <laughs> Samford. Bad week to be half. a Gator. Bad week to be a Gator is all I'm saying. I, I really was pretty dumbfounded by this from Billy Horschel. It's... To me, golf is all about giving guys opportunities to make their way in. And Sam, I, I don't totally hate the idea that you came up with where more guys go down from PGA to Corn Ferry every year. More guys come up from Corn Ferry to PGA every year. That, to me, if you want to change something, that's a better change than just taking opportunities away from guys. It, it's almost, to me, like what Billy Horschel was proposing was a hybrid between normal tour events and WGCs but that's just your normal tour schedule. If you want to have a couple more WGCs, add a couple more WGCs, well, but don't take spots away and it wasn't from guys who like, are trying to make a living. It wasn't even like he was saying a hybrid of those two because he was saying fields of 120. So that's only cutting, you know, 20 guys off, which is a lot in the Depending long on run. the event, 20. Some some tournaments are 156, some but are 144, is, but yeah. They weren't even filling... Of all 340 guys in Bermuda, they didn't even fill a full 144-man right. you know, field. And so what I'm saying is why not give these younger guys, and not necessarily younger, but guys that don't have as much PGA Tour status and are playing well on the Corn Ferry Tour, why not give them a chance? Because, Billy, by the way, the way you got on tour was through Q School that doesn't even exist anymore. So how about you go back to Corn Ferry Final and see if you can make it? I mean, whenever I'm looking at it and I say, what did Billy say that was actually right? And it says right here, maybe instead of getting 125 cards every year, we cut it down to 100. I'm with you, Sam. I don't think that would be a problem because we look at it. The guys that finished 101 to 125 didn't have the best year, right? I mean, every, anyone who finishes there probably going to say, yeah, that didn't play the best I could have. So I wouldn't have and, a problem. And then with, give a bonus to those guys that finished in the top 50 or top 100 and, and, to, to battle these other tours that are starting up. But anyways, go ahead. And then this is where he just loses me right here. We cut the Corn Ferry cards from 50 to 30. Are you kidding me? That makes no sense that, because then you're not bringing the better play. Like I said, there's no difference in game between the guys that are low on the PGA Tour and guys that are high on the Corn Ferry. The guys that are high on the Corn Ferry are probably better players in the certain moment than the guys that are low on the PGA Tour. There's no doubt because about that. Because it, it's all about, you know, getting hot on the right week. And so, it, you know, it, golf's just not a game, you know, where you're going to be good all the time. It's about getting hot on the right week. And Billy Horschel is not allowing more guys to get on tour. I think he's scared of competing. I, I would have to probably agree with you on that point. Do, do you agree with him at any point? Do you think that if you just make the cut, you should get a check? Or should you have to finish in the top 30 No, or if you make the cut, you should obviously get a check. I think, got, I think if you make the cut, you should get a check. That's how 100%. I feel, 100%. I think it would be, be crazy cut? to make the cut and lose money that week on travel and expenses. Because, yeah. I mean, these guys are paying their, look, their own stuff. Look, Josh Creel, for instance, he just got onto the PGA Tour. If Josh Creel doesn't get paid for making a cut, you know, he's probably going to just break even that week just based on 
what he's getting paid from his sponsors. But, like, it's not like these guys are – he's saying, oh, what? don't let these guys go finish 90th, you know, the majority of the weeks and collect their million-dollar check at the end of the year. That's not necessarily the case. No, right? not at all. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think that if you go finish 90th in most of your tournaments, you're going to collect a million-dollar check just based off prize money. I mean, if I think that's just wrong I, based on the facts of the money. And I mean, we were talking about it before with the Saudi tour and how the PGA tour could try to get more money to the guys that win or play well. And I mean, if so, if you cut down from the guys that make the that make the cut on the number and the top, how many ever? So what, sixty five and ties? So if you go forty, just average next thirty guys who don't do it make the cut. How much money is that? And look, I mean, that's not going to be enough. And, and if you do that, then you're going to lose some big-name guys for weekends more often than not because these big names don't necessarily finish in the top 40 after the first two rounds. I How mean, many times do you see a guy like a Brooks Kepka make the cut on the number and then he's a ticket draw for the weekend? That's a good point because you got to think about it. If you're only going to pay the top 30 and you go out Saturday and you shoot five over, I think Billy Horschel just figured out a way for the PGA Tour to lose a lot of money. Well, and, and here's my problem with it's, Billy Horschel. He's like, you know, we need we don't need guys out there just collecting checks and happy to just be on the tour and, and make their money. We need guys who are striving to be the best players on the PGA Tour. I mean, does they're Billy, already doing that. Does Billy Horschel think that the guy who's in 80th or in 110th isn't striving to be the best player on the PGA Tour? Here's my question, Billy. Are you striving to be the best player on the PGA Tour? Because I've never seen your name at number one on the rankings. The, <laughs> well, this one idea, time. This idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. At the FedEx Cup. The, 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 this idea that if you're not Dustin Johnson or John Rahm or Justin Thomas, that you're not striving to be the best in the world. No. Taylor Gooch is striving to be the best in the world. Chesson Hadley is striving to be the best yeah. in the world. If These guys did, are striving. If, if we did what he's talking about, if we did what he's talking about, Taylor Gooch last year would have been, you know, or two year, a year and a half ago. He started off two years ago in the 200s. Now he's ranked, what, 51st in the world? Yeah. Right? You would be eliminating the growth from these players. I just, I hate the underlying implication of his comments that if you're not John Rahm or Dustin Johnson, you're not striving to be one of the best players in the world. No, those guys are more talented. They put in the work, and they are the best players in the world. Doesn't mean the guy who's ranked 71st isn't trying to be the best player in the world. He might just not be as good. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You know, you think, um, I mean, what's some sort of comparison that we can draw here? You think think Joe Burrow's not trying to be the best quarterback in the world? Sure he is. He's not. Should we kick him out of the league? I mean, should we limit the number of teams in the NFL from 32 to 18? Right, but you so know that we what, don't Joe have so Burrow, many mediocre quarterbacks? No, that's stupid. But in football, Joe Burrow has a guaranteed contract. And, I mean, you would be eliminating their the average player's money um, if you did this, and these guys wouldn't even be able to finance, you know, yeah. their growth up the rankings to the PGA, or to the elite, you know, top 50 level of the PGA Tour, so, you know, such as Taylor Gooch did. So it seems like the only thing that we're agreeing on is that he said was that we could potentially cut 125 cards on tour to 100. I mean, we could, I, I probably have, wouldn't, but my whole deal with that is I wouldn't even do that. I would just add more guys, you know, to the Corn Ferry final or have like two different you know, Corn Ferry Final, have like a first stage of a Corn Ferry Final and a second stage. Am I crazy for thinking that it's kind of okay the way it is in terms of, now I think that there can be improvements made on the PGA Tour, but in terms of number of cards that are handed out, this is something that I didn't even think about being a problem until I read Billy Horschel's comments yesterday. And I go in and look at it and I'm like, 
I don't know. I kind of feel like an appropriate amount of guys have yeah. tour cards. And and it's not like the guys that have tour cards at the bottom are even getting into most these most these tournaments. No, like, you're right. The reshuffle is, you know, conditional like a Josh conditional Creel. status on the PGA Tour is not what people think it is. Exactly. No. Like a Josh Creel, he'd be able to play in these tournaments, you know, over, you know, kind of the quote-unquote off-season, you know, but once it gets into, you know, May, June, July, He's not. He's going to have trouble finding like a big tournament to play in unless he plays well. You know, sometime you know, in one of these tournaments that he does have status for. So you think about it. There's a hundred and or three hundred and forty people who had status on the PGA Tour. That's why we heard at Bermuda when we could get a full field met. And so one twenty five keeps the card. And to was be fair, that, there was, was that some like th- weird stuff going on. It was like thirty seven percent or what? Thirty set was that pretty close? What what one twenty five out of three forty? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little little more than a third. So you're less than forty percent of people get your tour cards. I mean, that's it's not like what does Billy Horschel think we're printing them off at brochures down the street or what? Also, it's <laughs> tough. You know, there's a lot of disagreements in the game of golf. I think the response to what Billy Horschel said yesterday has been pretty universally negative. Well, yeah, it's, be- it's hard to get that many people to agree about something. And I've seen almost universal agreement that Billy Horschel is wrong. Yeah, and it's because I've heard a lot of talk about making it, it needs to be easier to get on the PGA Tour, not harder. Kind of like you said, maybe make it a little easier to get on, but a little harder to stay on. Yeah. Because once you get there, He wants it to be competitive. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it harder. I'm almost more of a relegation system. You don't play well, you're back to the Corn Ferry. You play well, you're back to the Tour. It'd be good for both tours if you did that. I think it would, too. I agree. 100%. I think what he says is ludicrous, and I think, like you said, Colby, everyone's agreeing with it. Yeah. So, anyway, good stuff. You know what else is good stuff? Our friends over at Ring Family Dentistry, they go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. The leading-edge technology delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. They have implants, clear aligner orthodontics as well, and all decisions are made by the patients. Doctors Philip and Brendan Ring have a simple philosophy. Work with what they have, save what they can, and replace what they can't. While some dentists can overtreat, it is their philosophy that patients in their office should only have done what they absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They answer questions, uh, explain their opinions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Go see our friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Gentlemen. Colby, when you were sick. Hit me. Tiger was sighted. Tiger was sighted. We have a tiger sighting in the wild. The big cat is on the prowl. Walking (laughs) unobstructed. And he's walking better than he was after that... uh, what was it? When was Trump, it a birthday? Was it a birth or was it a celebration for the Masters? What was it? Uh, I saw a video. It was of- a Masters celebration. Okay, yeah, it was two weeks after he won the Masters in 2019. Correct. He, he looked frail yeah. as he walked in. And today, he didn't. Or look as too of bad. yesterday, he looked like he was walking pretty good. It looked okay. A little bit of a limp still. Not uh, definitely wasn't going to go run a marathon the next no, day. No, wasn't at that level. Wasn't going to tee it up the next day. It looked pretty good. The only silver lining, and I've been pretty pessimistic about Tiger's comeback, but the only silver lining is the fact that it's his right foot and right leg. Yeah. If it was his left, I would be a lot more worried. Because you have to transfer so much weight on your left leg. Yep. Especially at the speeds those guys are swinging. And he already had problems with his left leg. Yes, right. And, you know, think about where, I mean, I think we were, weren't we interviewing uh, 
Gooch the same day that the crash yeah, happened? we were, yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, we saw pictures of the car. And let's let's look back to that day. Was that February or something like that? Maybe March? I think it was and February, yeah. Yeah, because it's the Genesis. That's right. So, February, we look on it November 17th. If I would have seen a picture of that car and I would have said Tiger's walking after that, hallelujah. Well, also, I mean, that, that's also reports that day were that it was both legs was the initial reports. And then we come out, we find out, okay, some minor injuries to the left leg. The only severe injuries are to the right leg. And then you couple the video that we saw in with Justin Thomas's comments where he's like, look, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's back to being a dad. He's back to being able to do some things that, yep. that he wants to do. And he's going to try. He's going to give it everything he's got. And I just, I mean, yes, this was bad, but Tiger's Tiger, man. I just, I don't see him not coming back. I don't see him not finding a way at some point over the next several years, which will likely be the last of his career on the PGA Tour, I don't see him not coming back to the position where he can at least put himself in a position to be contending. Look, I still don't think he'll ever win a PGA Tour event again. I do. You I do. I just, win? Yeah, I think he will. I think the book is still out that he might not even play one. There will be a week that his irons, I mean, we know what his irons are. We saw it at Zozo. We saw it at Augusta. We know what his irons are. There will be a week where the putter cooperates, and he just, you know, most weeks... Probably not. He'll, he'll miss some cuts. He'll have some T48s. That's what's going to be most weeks, I would think. But there's going to be a week where the irons are dialed in and the putts are dropping, and he's going to be up there on Sunday. And like T-Dub and I talked about on the last show, obviously Bernard Longer winning the Charles Schwab Cup at age 64. You had Phil win the PGA at age 50. Guys' careers are longer these days, and modern medicine and modern fitness – you know, I mean, Tiger obviously <laughs> took that to the next level when he was in his prime, but I think that, you know, after everything that he's been through and everything that, you know, doctors know and Tiger knows, his career could live well into his 50s if he is healthy and this leg does cooperate. Here's what I'm worried about. So, if I had to bet on if he'd win another tour event or not, I'd probably have to lean towards no just because of the fact that I think that he's going to have to play at least a full year of a schedule before he can win, and I'm really worried that he's going to hurt himself again whenever mm-hmm. he comes out and plays. Because we got to think about it, guys. His foot's not the only injury he's had in his career. So, yeah. it's like he could come out and he could have another ACL issue. He could have right. a, another back issue. The back, like, yeah. Obviously, the back he could have a neck, a neck issue, yeah. which was – if you have a neck problem, that's like the worst of them all. You know, right. back's the next worst, but neck yeah. leads to literally everything. Well, so th- that's that's what I'm scared about too. T Dub is that he won't be able to practice enough to get in a level that he can win at. And you know, people forget when he got in this car accident, he was going through back surgery, like he was on the back half of the back surgery. And so, how's the back? And we've now heard that he's limited in practice, so he started maybe. I guess that's putting and chipping. I would me. assume, yeah. And and so, you know. I, I would assume putting and, like, short chipping. How's the bat going to react after taking a full year off not swinging a club? You you could. Could I not make the argument that uh, blessing in disguise for the back, that he got some much-needed rest because he wasn't trying to push himself back? I think it'll probably hurt it. I think back's a weird thing where they need Maybe. to be loose. Well, well, the problem, too, is that his foot's so messed up that he's having to put more weight on the, the left leg. And mm-hmm. then so that's kind of like what you're going through, Colby. I mean, you got yeah. the boot, boot on your foot, and they said that your lower back's all messed the up first, because of it. Like you know? the first four days after I wore this boot, I, my lower back was killing me, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I talked to somebody about it, and they were like, oh, it's because of your boot. Your right side's higher than your left side, and you're doing more of the work with your left side. Everything's out of alignment. It was killing my lower back, so now I've been having to do stretches and all sorts of things because the, just having a boot on my foot is leading toward back problems, so could be an issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's... <laughs> yeah. It's just so easy to look, whenever you have a major injury like that, to look at the big things, the things that 
quote unquote, or the highlights of right. the injury. But there's so many little things like that. You know, not being centered whenever you walk is very important. That's just something you don't think about. And I think Tiger has to deal with it. And TW, you said one interesting thing. You said, if I had to bet on it, if I had to bet on it, there's no way in hell that I'm ever betting against Tiger Woods to do anything. See, I think it, no is the safe bet, though. Like, no, it, no is 100% the safe bet. It's safe to bet that a 46 going on 47-year-old man coming off everything Tiger's been through physically <laughs> will not be able to go back out onto a golf course and beat John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Bryson Shambo, and Justin Thomas for so four you, rounds. You said That's man. a safe bet. You said man. That's true. He's not a man. No, he's, he's not a tiger. human. Well, and, and, see, and see, there's a difference between a logistical golf mind and a fanatic golf mind. And right. so, obviously, if I was at the betting window, it's going to be really hard to say, hey, yeah, Tiger's never going to win again. Here's 100 bucks, you know. And then <laughs> I'm not going to be like a local radio guy around here paying up when Tiger loses. That's no fun. Or when Tiger wins. That's no fun. So, that's the last thing I'm going to do. So, yeah, I'm is with that, you, Sam. I'm just looking at it logistically. Is that the worst bet of all time on this planet or any other planet? 100%. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know who had all the comments? Just every comment in the world? Did y'all watch Phil Monday night on the Manning cast? I did not get to see it, so update me if you watched it. So I did watch it. I I saw on Twitter where Phil was coming on. I was like, all right, I got to flip over to the Manning cast and see it. So, you know, normally Peyton and Eli, they have guests on, and Peyton and Eli just ask them questions, and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of casual. So Phil comes on, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Phil then proceeds for like 10 minutes to interview Peyton and Eli. Like, they weren't interviewing Phil. Phil was interviewing them, and it was, I mean, it was glorious. He was asking Peyton what he's looking for at the line of scrimmage and all this stuff, and then they showed him a a highlight of Eli's swing in a simulator there at the house, and uh, Phil was like, that's a cute little swing. It's a cute little golf swing. Eli's like, what? Cute? You call my golf swing cute? So, Phil was... He was. It looked like he had sat down for three hours and taken notes about everything he wanted to ask. He's like, he's like, so Trey Sermon gets drafted out of the third round out of Ohio State. You got this kid Elijah Mitchell, sixth rounder, comes out here absolutely balling out for the 49ers. What is it about some of those late round guys that really gives them that chip on the shoulder to get out there and perform? <laughs> like all this stuff. You know, he sat down and just Googled for three so hours. So by the way, can we get this like Peyton and Eli type pot, or type uh, you know broadcast for golf? Good question. We were talking about that the other day, Colby. Who's, uh, what are some best golf announcers and who are some guys who don't comment on golf who should? Well, I mean, give me Phil. Uh, Phil would have to be on it to do a Peyton and Eli type thing. Who's another really good talker? I mean, Kisner, I think, Pat I Perez. Kisner, I think JT's a pretty good talker. Yeah. If, if you could, I'm thinking like a, a big name. JT's a big name. Uh, wouldn't be Rom. Wouldn't be DJ. Drunk DJ. Wouldn't be Bryson. Wouldn't be Brooks. Drunk DJ. Um, I think you could get all of the personality from Phil and all of like the deep thoughtfulness from Rory, I think would make a pretty decent duo. You get the accent from Rory too. Yeah, but then, Everybody loves yeah, a good but accent. Then it's just basically, you know, another broadcast. Yeah. I want like just unfiltered as much as possible for cable. Like Peyton and Eli is for football, for golf. Who would be the worst? <laughs> <laughs> the worst? Retief Goosen. Uh, yeah, Retief would be up there. Uh, he I would mean, have to leave midway through <laughs> I think to go catch a flight. I think DJ would be really bad. DJ would be so bad on a broadcast. Who'd be, wor- who'd be worse, DJ He'd or probably make it. I think DJ would be worse. Have you DJ guys, one-lines everything. Have you guys ever seen the video of him when he was younger explaining on the Golf Channel how to hit a fade? He goes, no. now, now the first thing you want to do 
Actually, just let me pull it up real quick. Okay, I pull it. We'll you play I it after the break. It. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll play that after the break. Also after the break, we are drafting. Golf.com has released its list of top 100 courses. We are going to draft five course teams, put those out for everybody to vote on. These are all the golf courses in the world. Top 100 list has come out. So we will draft those teams. We'll give you our DraftKings for the RSM coming up later this week. And we will have Dustin Johnson explain to you how to hit a fade. <laughs> Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe to the newsletter. Get the get on the email list. Make it your homepage, GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. And follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, 73rd hole on Instagram. All right, before we went to the break, we were talking about Dustin Johnson. This was 10 years ago. Dustin Johnson <laughs> describing how to hit a fade shot on the Golf Channel. And <laughs> we're going to play the whole thing. It's about a minute and 10 seconds long. We're going to play the whole thing. Stick with it because the absolute gym. How did this even come up? Uh, I forgot. What were we talking about? We were talking about who would be the oh, worst yeah. golf announcer. Yeah, who would oh. be the worst? I said it'd be DJ. This he's is just, what you would get from DJ. He's a terrible speaker. So about 45 <laughs> seconds to a minute in, we get the most absolute brilliant piece of golf advice you could ever get. Here's Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, I'm here to show you how to hit a hit a trouble shot. Just uh, hit my drive a little to the right and I'm in this pine straw. I got the ball slightly above my feet and got some trees up here in my way. So I'm gonna have to curve it from left to right with a ball above my feet. I've got about 245 to the hole. So I got my burner three wood. And the first thing you do is look at the lie, see if you need to move anything around the ball, but you gotta be careful and make sure you don't move the ball. You know, I'm going to choke up on the club because it's a little bit above my feet. And then also, if I'm going to set it up a little bit towards the front of my stance. And then I'm going to set the club face square to where I want to start the ball. And then I'm going to drop my left foot way back. So it makes it's going to put some cut spin on it. And when you're playing this shot, the most important thing you have to do, is, especially playing a fade, is the most important thing that can happen is you make sure you fade it. <laughs> and that shot would have worked out just how I played it. 
<laughs> the most important thing, fellas, when you're playing a fade, make sure you fade. Make it. sure you fade it. That's it's uh, the most important thing. Honestly, great advice. I mean, that is very that is Woody level coaching there because Woody always says, "See it and hit it. See it yeah. and hit it. Get out of your head. You're playing a fade." Just make sure it fades. Forget about all the technical stuff. Just make sure it fades. If it fades, then you did the right thing. If it fades, it fades. And did y'all know that he was using his burner three wood? <laughs> that part was pretty funny, too. <laughs> not just a shot, shot off the pine straw. By the way, a trouble shot. Ten years trouble later, shot. ten years later, what club is DJ hitting from 245? Two it's iron? Like a four iron. Three, three iron? iron? Well, the most important thing you got to realize, guys, is that he's hitting a fade. So it's going from left to right. And the most important thing is that it fades. So. And the most important thing is that it fades. You're probably going to lose some distance on the fade. And in all fairness, the fade won't go as short as the, the last time whenever that's 10 years ago so the ball didn't spin as much. By the right. way, don't forget to choke up when the ball's above your feet. Don't forget to do that. Yeah, also, that's good advice. don't forget to look and make sure you don't need to move anything around your ball, but don't move the ball. <laughs> I mean, you're playing winter and, rules. And when you play a fade, <laughs> go ahead and drop that left foot way back. Go ahead and drop the left foot way back. And I wish they played sure winter rules on the tour. I wish they played winter rules on the tour. Just any, just November through March. Uh, basically, November first through the end of February. You just play it up a grip. They never play anywhere where it's winter. Oh, I know, but just when the calendar says it's winter, we're in, we're in Hawaii. It's perfect. Play it up a grip. Playing at the the Hero in the Bahamas. Do y'all play winter rules with your buddies? I play winter rules all the time. Okay, I don't play winter rules in the summer, but I play winter rules pretty much. Courses start dying off what mid October. Start really coming back mid March. I'd say for that five-month stretch, we play winter rules. It all depends on the course, right? Because yeah. some courses overseed, you don't got to play it up. Some courses are bare 12 months out of the year. So, I mean, you got to play it up all the time. you're playing in a sanctioned event, a competitive event, or you're playing for over $100, you should mandatory, mandatorily have to play it up. <laughs> have to put yourself <laughs> on a better line? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it would make You'd play way faster. You'd be stressed if you play it down. In your in your local men's group, if you're not playing it up, you guys are, are not doing the game of golf justice. <laughs> I prefer playing it down because I hit it short and straight. You're a hardo, though. Well, but no, it, it benefits me. <laughs> hardo. Because I hit it short and straight. I don't hit the ball very far. I hit it short and straight. Guys I play with hit it long and crooked. Yeah. It benefits me to play the ball down because I'm going to be in 10 fairways around and they're going to be in six. That benefits me. So I like playing it down for that reason. That's a good point. I mean, granted, I'm going to shoot, what, probably two shots lower if I play it up than if I play it down. Some of the guys I play against might shoot five shots lower if we play it up instead of playing it down. Or you just got to play so, by Sam's point. rules where you play it up in the fairway no matter what time of year it is. Yeah. And just play it down anyway. Yeah. So I, don't I think, think they just play it up at the Masters. I play it up after most of my drives on these public courses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes you're on the green. So. No, that's what I'm saying. I also, for the record, <laughs> for the record, if you're, if you're not playing for money, you can't move the ball on the green, Sam. If you're not playing for money, do whatever you want. By the way, yeah. If you're not playing for money and somebody's trying to be all hard about the rules, can get I out go here. off on a tangent real quick? Just uh, a short one. Always. Yeah, we got time. Okay. So when you're playing by yourself as a single, I don't care whether it's a country club, a public course. I don't care. If you're playing as a single and you expect to play through someone, screw you. Go around to Hot the take. next tee box and go. Hot I 100% agree. 100%. I, what are you I, playing I, no, for? No, You're not no, play, the, the, if you really want to play that hole that bad, go around and play the hole later. Don't A single should never play through another group. I have a scenario. I, I agree with you. Like, nice day. Course is busy. I agree with there you. There are a few exceptions, so I want to hear. What how, how about this? What if it is a... 
Tuesday, mid-morning, weather's not great. There's almost nobody on the course. It's just your group. You're in a foursome. There's nobody in front of you for like eight holes. A single comes up behind you. You go around. That's even all the more reason to go around. See, that's the, the next s- hole's wide open. See, go that, around. That's the scenario where I'd be like, ah, just let the single play through. There's nobody else out here. But No, but go all- around. And then he can play that hole later. He's not playing for a score anyway. What do you think, Tyler? I think in a situation like that, right, if you, like if there's a green close to the tee box and someone, a single comes up on the green, you got a fivesome on the tee box. And the guy finishes out putting before you've hit the last the last ball on your tee ball, fivesome. And I agree, if it's really busy, you don't get to play through anyone. But if it's a scenario like that where there's no one in front, and the group, I think if the group doesn't let a single through at that point, they're kind of assholes, in a sense. No, you don't and let kind of think so at all. No, if he goes co- to the next hole. If, he's if he, single. If, if, he's see, not the, playing for a score. Just go to the next hole. But if he's already finished the previous hole, before your group's done perfect. teeing off, then he's not even going to hold you up to play no, through. No, perfect. He can drive to the next tee box faster. Uh, I think you're just hating on the singles. I, there I are, play, there no, are. I play I play holes by myself all the time when I was playing golf. A lot. I was going to say, when you used to when play? When I used to play, yeah. yeah. But I would always go around, regardless of what course I was playing. If I'm playing a practice round for some tournament on a, on a public course and it's super busy, I'm never going to play through. I'll go play that hole later on. Well, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna drive to the next hole. If the next hole's not open, I'll drive around those guys and go find a hole that's open and play the other holes later on. Ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of the time, I agree with you. I agree too. I think that there are certain scenarios. Like there have been times where I've been playing as a single, where I finish a hole and the group's like already on the next tee. Like, come on, just play through. Don't worry about it. And well, at if that they're point, cool about it, then you do right. it and you get out of their way. But there's also been times where it, like it's busy and I just hop around and find an open hole. Okay, but if if the only time that it that you should do it is if it's busy. That you should play through someone is if it's busy. If it's wide open, just say, no, I'm just practicing. I'm, I'm going to go to the next hole and I'll play it later. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, not- I, I, do, I do agree that singles do not have the right to play through. That, no, that, that's the honest never. line. You, but I can say that if you're a fivesome and you don't let a single through in some situations, you're probably not the nicest group of people. Billy Horschel thinks that singles should be kicked off the course. Hey, Billy thinks that he should donate 11 <laughs> of his checks from last year back to the turf. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we spend a little money on DraftKings, and then we will draft our golf courses, which I can't wait for. I, I made my list during the break. It is, it's an elite list. It's an elite list of elite golf courses. But first, we've got DraftKings RSM Classic this week. I will get us started because I'm starting on a nice number, 6,900 with a fall superstar, guy who plays much better in the fall than he does the other parts of the year. Give me my guy Harry Higgs at 6,900. Please and thank you. Harry Value. The physical Higgs specimen at himself. 6900. Go ahead, T-Dub. Mine's still loaded. I'll go ahead. I'll go with the 6700 range. Give me Mr. Michael Thompson. Finished 15th at the at Mayakoba a couple weeks ago and also has played this course pretty well. So let me get my exact number here. So in 23 rounds at this course, they play two different courses, but off the metrics that we have this game 0.86 in 23 rounds here. So I really like that for 6700. Okay. Well, I'm going Straight at the bottom. Give me 6,000 Josh Creel. Uh, Josh Creel, you know, he's played in a couple of events, not done, you know, up to what he's capable of doing. So I think that, you know, on a shorter course that Sea Island is, I think that Josh Creel could compete. Uh, and then I'll Billy go- Horschel hates that pick, by the way. Yeah, he absolutely does. He'll hate this one, too, because I'm going another local guy, 6,200, a guy that finished top 20 last week. I'm going Max McGreevy. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cheap for both those guys. But I, I think. think that this course, I mean, it is a little shorter, and I think that, you know, it. I think if they do play well, it'll be in, you know, and, and play well, meaning like top five, top 
two, right? I think that they can do that in one of these, you know, November events. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, on Sea Island, it's by the sea, so you never know. Might have some wind and some weather, and obviously Oklahoma guys yep. like that a lot. I'm going to go all the way up from 6,700 to 6,900. Nice. Give me Chad Ramey, another guy who was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Did not play very well last week, missed the cut in Houston, but weeks before finished 17th and 14th. So for sur- for sub-7,000, I really like that value. Yeah, that's yep. good value. At 7,000, I think I'm getting pretty good value with Brendan Steele, who uh, – what did he do at Mayakoba a couple weeks ago? Mayakoba, he finished 69th, nice. But a couple weeks prior to that, finished second at the Zozo. Brendan Steele's just really been solid over the last 18 months or so. Cut-making machine, money-making machine, Brendan Steele. And then at 7100 $100 more expensive. Let me go with a guy who DraftKings, we need to get a picture for our boy Tyler Moore on DraftKings. 7100 this week. I think this could be a uh, spot where he could pop and have another local guy on the leaderboard. So I'm getting pretty good value. 69, 70, and 71 on Higgs, Steele, and Taylor Moore. Well, I tell you what, last couple of times I picked Taylor Moore, I've been a week early because the next week he plays really good. So I think that will probably be the case again. I'm going to go all the way up from 6,900 to 7,000. Not the same guy you picked, Kobe Brennan Steele. Give me the putting machine, Denny McCarthy. In uh, eight rounds on this course, he's gained 1.52 strokes. And his last two events, guys, finished 11th and 15th. So playing good and likes this course. you got to ride a hot putter when he's feeling good. So I'm going to do that at 7,000. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with a guy that I feel like you can get some value for this week. 7,600 Jason Day. I think that, you know, Jason Day, we haven't seen much of him, uh, you know, so far this year. But, you know, I think that Jason Day at 7,600, I mean, Data Golf doesn't really like him this week, but I don't understand why. I mean, he's still Jason Day, and I think that anytime you can get him for 7,600, you do it. I mean, I tell you what, it's if you could have said that three years ago, you get him for 7,600, you would have fainted. Right, exactly. And then I will jump up to 9,300. Our man just been hooping and hollering. Taylor Gooch. Yeah. Yep. I think he's going to be a fairly high ownership here because I think he's the best in that kind of low 9,000 range. So I think he'll be highly owned. So I'm going to go up to 8,500. Give me a guy who played well last week. Give me Joe Damon. Finished fifth in Houston. Hasn't missed a cut since the fall season started. So I think I'm going to keep riding that train. And, you know, looking at his picture here, he's a sneaky pick for a good mustache. You know, everyone talks about Ricky, but I think Damon's got a good mustache himself. Yeah, he does. He and Max Homer are good friends, and they always take shots at each other on Twitter. It is hilarious. The stuff last week, uh, Max Homer photoshopped. It was Joel Damon's parking spot, so it said Joel Damon, and then Max Homer photoshopped smells on it. And uh, <laughs> Joel Damon came back and said, wow, whoever wrote that has the penmanship of a sixth grader. Max Homa came back and said, well, they probably figured whoever parked in that spot read at a sixth grade level. So Max Homa, <laughs> Joel Damon, nice little back and forth on Twitter. Next most expensive for me, 7500 still relatively cheap. A guy who played pretty well last week, missed about a three-footer on the last hole that would have uh, gotten him a little bit more money, a little more points. Give me the long bomber, Luke List, who at times throughout seasons, he'll have a couple good finishes and then he'll disappear. I'm hoping this is kind of in that couple good finishes range for Luke List. My next most expensive, I'm jumping up $2,900 and I'm going with the guy who I think will finish second place to my eventual winner this <laughs> I wonder week. who that is. Give me Louis Oosthuizen <laughs> to finish second place. Nothing wrong with silver. Nothing wrong with silver, as the great Reese Bobby once said. Louis likes Ricky this Bobby. course. Which, which Bobby said that? I don't remember. One of the Bobbies said that. <laughs> well, just just go with Bobby and you're good. In five rounds here, Louis gained 1.99 strokes. How many times has he won here? Mm, good question. <laughs> I, how many times has he won on the tour? Uh, how many times has he won in the U.S.? He Louis has won one-third as many times in his PGA Tour career as Jason Kokrak has in the last year and a half. Isn't that, um, isn't that unbelievable? It's 
Fun fact. Stat of the day. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm just trying to help your point there, Colby, and then we go down there. So I'm going to go with a guy who I think has a great chance to win the tournament. He might actually be my pick to win. 9,900. Give me Corey Connors, ball strike machine. In nine rounds here, he's gained 1.41 strokes um, on the field. And, you know, I'm looking here, guys. Hasn't missed a cut since going all the way back to the Scottish Open the week before the Open Championship. So you talk about playing some good golf recently. I really like Corey Connors, and if I had to bet on someone to win, I'd pick him. He's been remarkably consistent. I'm trying to remember, has he won since he broke through at the Valero? No. It's it's crazy though. He's been he he's been solid. Be, he's been better than he was since then. He yes. hasn't won. Yep. He's been much better. He Monday queued into that Valero, and then he's been just a steady mm-hmm. tour player since, but hasn't cracked the winning circle again. So I would like to see him get back. One yeah. of the best iron players on tour. Yeah, a hundred percent. Then I will go up to ten thousand one hundred. Harry English. Uh, Harry English. You know, coming off the Ryder Cup. Uh, we'll see what he can do in that home state of Georgia. Uh, and then I will go Webb Simpson at 10,700. Um, you know, Webb Simpson, another guy, Georgia guy. And I think that, you know, if he's going to win a tournament, I think it could be here. But it's not. This is the rare occasion where I'm not picking a guy who's in my DraftKings lineup. Okay, fair enough. We'll get that after we finish. Yeah, that that, uh, that usually doesn't happen, but I'm glad to see that it is. So I'm going to go with guy who, if I had to pick a second place, it would probably be here. Scotty Scheffler, 10,900. In three rounds on this course, they play two different courses, like I said. So in the three rounds, we got metrics here. 2.96 strokes gained. Yep. I mean, that's wow. just unbelievable. So I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler, finish second, and Corey Connors to win the tournament. Okay, I'm going to go with my winner of the tournament, my most expensive on DraftKings. Webb Simpson, 10,700. I think Webb, he's he's kind of due. And I thought about picking Scotty here, but I picked Scotty last week. And at this point, I'm What's starting wrong to think. What did he do for you wrong last week? I mean, he finished second. I know. I know. That's that's kind of my whole point that I'm diving into here. For whatever reason, Scotty seems to be allergic to that low Sunday round that actually hoists the trophy. He, he, he keeps getting close, but he's not hoisting the trophy. Whereas a guy like Webb, it's been a while. But Webb gets on that back nine on Sunday. That guy knows how to win. I'm kind of the point where, with Scotty where I know he's a great player. I, 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 he's unbelievable. I'm kind of the point where I need to see him prove it on a Sunday. He'll and prove it this week because he's going to win. I'm picking him this week. And by the way, I have, I have 400 salary remaining, so I could afford Scotty in my DraftKings. I'm going Webb instead. Um, now, this will probably I, I'm probably going to get off the train, and then he's going to win. But I don't know. It, Normally, it only turns out good when you and I both choose the same I know, guy. I know. Yeah, I'm going if I Scotty choose him, he's done. Here. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Here is my point I was going to ask, because I said this last show. Does Scotty win before the Masters? Oh, good question. I say he does. <sighs> good I think question. He does That's well. How many starts will he have between the Masters? This week, Hawaii. Two, two WGCs. Actually, he probably won't go out to Hawaii, because he's not in Kapalua. He's not going to go out there for the Sony. A couple of WGCs. Riviera, but, I would imagine. Bay Hill. So, may, six or seven starts, maybe probably. Maybe Probably, yeah, I'd say he probably plays Tory. How long so maybe do they seven take or eight starts between now and the tournament of champions. Um, there is. We're not counting the, the hero, he, are we? Or are we counting the hero? The he, hero he, counts. Heroes but even world ranking he, points. Yeah, it does get. Well, yeah, it is world ranking points. Yeah, because if, if Scotty goes over and wins in Dubai, I'm going to say he won. Yes. Yeah. yeah if he yes. wins the Abu Dhabi, so. if, if he does that, I'll say he won. I w- I don't know if I'd be ready to declare him a winner if he wins the here. It's it's eighteen people. We said, when Tiger beat uh, Zach Johnson that one year what for his comeback win, we that? said he won. But I mean, but it wasn't an official win, was <laughs> but it? But it was Tiger. No, not at the time. No, it wasn't. It was more, less unofficial than it is now. Right. Or more unofficial. Than I don't now. know how I would feel about that. We'll cross that bridge if we come to it. I would say 
just because it's not that many starts, I'll probably lean no. It's hard to win on the tour. He hasn't done it yet. You're, you're telling me will he, he will. Win, will he win in the next seven or eight? Well, one tournament he played last year, he'll probably play again, is the uh, Bob Hope or the American Express. Oh, he always yeah, plays true, that. So. True. Look, I know that one I've been on field. a heater lately with these picks, and this week I know I'm going chalk, but it's because I know, I know, Scotty's going to win this week. What are his odds? Do we, we got some better uh, odds? He's 11 to 1, I believe, best in the field. Let me pull it up. His odds um, to win are 5.2% according to data goal. But let me ask you this, Sam, because I have a question is, for you. You have kind of been on a heater. Do you plan on going ice cold the first week that we start making our one and done picks? Is that when you plan on cooling off? No, I'm due. I'm going to get on this heater and not and just ride it out all next year. I don't think that's how heaters work. They do. Heaters are limited. How, how long does a heater last? I know. That's a good question. But Because you I've never quit freezer. on a heater. You look, never look. walk away from the table when you're on a heater. No, exactly. But, but, but here's the deal is I was in the freezer last year on these picks. I was so cold. And you know when you, you, you get in the pool, you know, after being in the hot tub, how it feels colder than it actually is? Right now, this heater... It, it feels warmer than it actually is going to get. I'm actually going to start picking just winner after winner after winner, not just second place as I've been doing lately. So you're saying we've only under. scratched the surface. Of only your scratched the surface. <laughs> so basically you're going to get white hot, and right now you're just kind get, of a little simmer. I'm going to get so hot, I'm going to be the fat jack of PGA Tour Pick'ems. <laughs> so Scotty's 14 to 1. Webb and Cam Smith both 18 to 1, right behind him. Louis twenty two to one. I prefer Louis for a top five so, bet if you so can get in there. The way I interpret that, guys, with the those only being the best odds, they think that some it's going to be a wild card. Tournament. What are Corey Connors' yeah. odds? Could be Corey Connors right behind him, twenty five to one. Uh, Russell Henley twenty five to one. Taylor Gooch is at forty. Harris English. Uh, right. The guys who are forty to one are Taylor Gooch, Adam Scott, and Kevin Kisner. Harris English twenty eight to one. Gotcha. Uh, DP World Tour Championship. What do you think the odds are over there? Player Rory, in the field Rory, this week. Rory, Rory's got to be the big Rory, favorite. Rory's in the field. Morikawa, Sergio, Fleetwood. 69%. Fitzmagic. Uh, Rory is 6-1. to 6-1 to favorite to win the tournament. Morikawa is 8-1. to one, And then you have to go down to 16-1 to one to get the third best odds. So Rory and Morikawa, they're saying, are the two guys this week. Is Hovland playing over there? Uh, no. Good question. No, he is not. I figured uh, Rory would been closer to like 4-1 to one range. I think 6-1 to is pretty good value. You know who plays sneaky well over there? Patrick Reed's 28-1. to one. That, that actually is a good pick. He plays pretty well when he, when he really flies good. east. Really good. So, uh, <laughs> other guys like Tyrrell Hatton's 21. Don't, don't really love that. There. Fleetwood's 16 to 1. Nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> Fitzmagic is 16 to 1. I, I don't like any of those guys near as much as I like a Reed at 28 we to 1. Fitzmagic now? How about. Oh, what? no. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. <laughs> what, what, if, what if Matthew Fitzpatrick came out with a Ryan Fitzpatrick beard? <laughs> okay, then he could be Fitzmagic. But only if he started doing Do crazy things on that guy. I don't think he can grow facial hair. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he's ever shaved before. Um, Willie Z's over there, too. 28 to 1. Billy Horschel's 30 to 1. So, we'll see. But, that, he's he could, barely in the top 30. He's I wish he could make bets against guys. Like, like short, short somebody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shorter golfer. That's a good idea. I, I would fade Billy Horschel. There that, are... Uh, we need to get in like one of those season-long pools, pools where you buy stock on guys as to whether they move up or down in the world rankings. We'll have yeah. to we'll have to do that before the season starts. Yeah, we need to get in one of those pools. We need to do that for I've sure. I've never even heard of that. But because uh, you Sounds got on fun. the you got on the DP World Tour Championship, Cody. Yes. So we'll, that'll lead into this. So here's what we're gonna do because we got two decent events this week. So instead of guessing the strength of field, I want y'all to guess one. What is the difference in points between the DP World Tour Championship and the RSM Classic? Ooh. And then say which one is the higher strength of field. 
I'm going to so, say the difference is... I'm going to say the difference is 169, and the DP World Tour Championship has the higher-ranked strength field. I will say the difference is 203, and the uh, same thing, the DP World Tour uh Tour Championship is higher. Well, y'all are both right on the fact that DP World Tour is higher. Strength of field of 282. A little lower because field's not very Okay, big. so the difference won't so be So we that were high. way off. The difference is going to be like 69 instead of 169. So the RSM Classic strength of field of 249. So a difference okay. of 33 points. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty close, though. Closer than I, I would have thought. I was thinking it'd be way higher. I wasn't, it, I wasn't considering limited field for the DP uh, World Tour that's what That's what does it. Yeah. Okay. Difference in, what is this? 80 guys, 70 guys compared to I was thinking it was going to be like in the 500. Yeah, I don't even think it's that many. I think there's like 50 guys in the DP World Tour Championship. Yeah, so when you look, I mean, obviously you got Morikawa, Rory, but then after that you got Answer, Hatton, Horschel, Reed, Paul Casey, Matty Fitz, Willie Z, like you mentioned, Colby, and then Fleetwood. Those are all your guys in the top 40 in the world. I thought there would be a few more than that. That's crazy. Speaking of best in the world, are we ready? We ready to draft our courses? I'm ready. First of all, can I just rip this list first? Let me explain what the list is first. List. Okay, so golf.com, every year they release their top 100 courses. Top 100 courses in the world. Tyler, what is your beef with the list this year? Where do you start? That's a good question. I mean, How about we start with the most atrocious pick I've ever seen in my entire life? It's bad. Augusta National, number nine? It's bad. Nine? It's bad. Here's the courses that they think are better. Pine Valley, okay, I understand. It gets ranked number one. Cypress, maybe. St. Andrews, give me a break. Come on. Shinnecock, give me a break. National Golf Links of America, come on. Royal County down, maybe, if we're being generous. Rural Melbourne and Oakmont ahead of Augusta National? Makes me want to throw up. It's craziness. It's crazy. When I had to scroll down to nine to find Augusta National, I was dumbfounded. Uh, It's pretty wild. Shinnecock's better than Augusta? Yeah, I, I don't know who decided that Augusta National. Shinnecock is a great course, but it's nowhere it close to Augusta. Number nine? Not even the same Augusta realm. Augusta National? By the way, looking at this list, there's so many great courses that aren't on this list, such as a Butler National in Chicago. It's not really? even in the top 100. Oh, we're drawing cards. Taylor got a two. Well, no, then you no, can get, no Augusta for Taylor. That means you can get it in the second and third yeah, round. I guess if Augusta's to, going nine. I got a nine. You got a nine. I got a five. Sam has the also, first pick. Also, before we start, I, I want to say one thing here, because I remember back in the Players' Championship, we talked about how great of a course and finish that TPC Sawgrass is. TPC Sawgrass is nowhere to be found in the top 100. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Just wanted uh, to say here, it. Here, I messed up my as list. As bad as the list is, they got that part by, right. By the way, before we get into this, uh, Southern Hills uh, coming in at number 40... 46, I believe. Six. 46. Yep. Prairie Dunes, 26, where the Big 12 Championship was at uh, last year. I got to play it over the summer. It is... Boy, it's unreal. Anyone who unreal. wants to see the full list can go to golf.com. Also, it says here on the list, it's ranking the best designs on the world. So maybe it's not even best shape. But then if you're going designs, that makes the list even more atrocious. Well, yeah, St. Andrews is the most bland yeah. course in the St. world. St. Andrews is very bland, and Augusta, the design of Augusta is unreal. Okay, well, so, I'll, Sam, I'll make your job first. easy. Give me Augusta. See, and I either wanted to go first or third because, to me... The difference between first and second is a lot bigger than the difference between second and third. I think Augusta was a clear number one. I'll, I'll take Pine Valley off the board at number two. 
It's a little too high for me. You think? I've played it. Yeah, you've played it. It's all right. Well, I mean, what, would you put, what would you put, pick ahead of Pine Valley? It's great. All right, oh, here, I'll, I'll ask you afterwards. Yeah, so you don't yeah, yeah, take yeah a pick. what are you doing over there? Cheating on my homework? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me Cypress. Okay. So those were the obvious You're picking top three. Cypress? Oh, yeah, dude. Give uh, me Pebble Beach. What are you talking about? No. I get two picks. No, I'd go, yeah. Then, I'm, Pebble, going, then I'm going Pebble. You're yeah. going Pebble? Yeah, yeah. Okay. for sure. No, I'm saying you should have taken Pebble over Cypress. Cypress is better than I don't know. I've. I've been to Pebble in person. I've only seen pictures and drone shots of Cypress, but Cypress, I mean. It looks what, sweet, but I thought we were doing it based on the golf course. Based on the design, I still say Cypress. Cypress well, is apparently okay. easy as so hell. So when I made my list, I wasn't doing it just on yards. the design. I didn't, I didn't realize that they were ranking just on design. So What are we ranking on? Just our, well, we can, me, we can we pick off whatever them. we want. I was just saying that's what the See, list that's, was. To we're just me, I'm just doing like personal favorites. Yeah. yeah. Like personal favorites is what I'm doing. Um... Golly. See, because now I might want to tweak my list here. I still can't also, believe that National Golf Links of America is number five on this also list. Also, another joke. We didn't even mention this. Pebble Beach is 14th on this list. 14th on that yeah, list. What yeah. New Yorker came up with this list? Yeah. So, this is tough. I, I really still love St. Andrews because of the history and everything that's going on at St. Andrews, but the golf course itself isn't as good as some of these behind it. Um, so, I'm going to go... See, I wish I was first or third, too, because then I could pick two courses in a row. It takes the pressure off. I'm going to go Pinehurst number two. I love I love number two. Really? Boy, yep. that was a, I was not that expecting was that. out of the blue there. Uh, no, I love Pinehurst. It was, I was between it and St. Andrews, oh and, and I think it's a better Are you just drafting course. courses to start with P, Colby? I think well, that's what you're doing. Okay. Oh, I wonder if I can put a, now a full team together. Are, oh, my God. I get to take Shinnecock. Okay. And Overrated. I had Shinnecock at 15 on my list, for the record. Our, our man, Scott Verplank, said they should play the U.S. Open there every single year. Um, Scott Verplank, by the way, getting inducted in the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame on Sunday. And give me St. Andrews. St. Andrews. There you go. It is off the board. St. Andrews wow. off the board. And uh, I'm assuming you want the new course? I'll take the old one. You'll take the old course? Okay. Yeah. Can right. you have both? Throwback. Uh, next up. Oh, this is tough. This I, is tough, tough, tough. I kind of want to just tweet out a picture and do 10 each. I leapfrogged. It's going so fast. I mean, it, I could, it is I could, going really we fast. We could do 10 or we could do 7. And we'll just tweet out a picture of our list. Okay, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. I, uh, boy, going down the board here, because I leapfrogged some of these. Like, some of these in the top ten were just total leapfrogs for me. I'm going to go, I'll tell you what, I absolutely fell in love with this course a couple years ago at the President's Cup, just like Beyond fell in love with it. Royal Melbourne's awesome. It's a good course. It's not better than Augusta, though. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the list had it seven to nine. I'm not saying you're saying. I got you. I got you. So, Royal Melbourne, my third pick. Royal County down in Oakmont. Royal County down? Yeah. A lot okay. of people, on that's, that might be the best course in the world. Royal County. Oakmont. Royal County down. Down. Okay, what's your next pick, Tyler? That's three. So we got three each. Oh, I said Oakmont. Oh, Oakmont. Yep. Gotcha. Royal County down in Oakmont. Oakmont was still pretty high up for me. Then give... Um, ooh, wait. No, it's no, back to me. It's back to me. Almost... Go ahead and say what you were going to say, no, though. I'm, I'm curious. I'm good. I'm curious where we were going there. Um... Golly, and this is where I start struggling. I'm going to go across the pond. Again, I'm going non-American for the second time in a row. Give me Muirfield. Muirfield's an unbelievable track. Okay. Not Muirfield Village, by the way. Muirfield over in, is it Ireland or Scotland? Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. Wow. Muirfield off the board. Give me, okay. Uh, has Marion been taken? Two picks. Marion's still on the board. I'll take Marion. It's pretty cool seeing that you pick. played two of the... Easy or pick. three of the four courses. And, uh, no, you haven't played Saint Andrews. Yep. Have you played Shinnecock? 
I've not played Shinnecock. I would love to, but I am going to go Marion, and then I I still got to go Southern. <sighs> I wanted Southern. I know Southern was I my skipped, next. Pick. I skipped some really great courses to get to Southern, but I just love Southern. Southern was my next pick. Okay, let me cross a couple more off my list here as they go. Marion's off. Southern's off. Um, I know the ones I want next. Mm. Okay, I'm going to uh, take the one I played over the summer. It's probably Homer, Perry Maxwell. Yeah. Prairie Dunes was unbelievable. I almost took that instead of, instead of Southern. Unbelievable. I mean. You took be, two picks I wanted, but I still got two good ones here. Go ahead, Colby. No, I was just going to say, like, to be in the middle of Kansas and be 26th in the world on, on the list of golf courses and it doesn't host any major events to still get that kind of recognition shows you how elite of a golf course it is. There, are, These are two courses that are so so drastically disrespected on this list. It's not funny. At 27, give me Riviera. Oh, that yep. was next on my that list, Taylor. The and then somehow, by the grace of God, this is down at 32. I have no idea. Seminole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seminole's good. Good pick. Seminole's good. I there, didn't there, there's, some, there's some foreign courses that I wanted that I think may be better, but I think I can get them later. Okay. Fair enough. Fair Sim- enough. Uh, I think I know one of them that you're going to want later, and I, I don't think it's going to get back to you. Um, but for my next pick, I'm going to go with... Oh, no, those are our teams on the back. Yeah, I, mean, I was I'm, reading the teams. I'm, I'm flipping the paper back and forth. Uh, I'm going with the Ocean Course at Kiowa. Love it. I, that's Love a, the Ocean damn. Course. I was going to take that. All right. Um, all right, then give I me. I think it's too high. Too high? They too just high. had one of the greatest majors ever there. They have great Would it majors have been great if Phil time. didn't win? Yes. I, I think. I love the way they set it up. That's why the PGA the is better course. than the U.S. Open. I, th- there's there's a decent amount of courses I would pick above Kiowa. I don't think there's – I think if it had gone much earlier, then there could have been like, okay, there's some courses that should definitely be above okay. it. But it's it not egregious. One, two, three, four. By the way. I mean, it's sixth round. Go ahead yeah. Go ahead and give me L.A. Country Club. L.A. Country Club, okay. Major coming up there in a few years. And then give me Wingfoot. Wingfoot. I can't believe it lasted that long. Winged foot. Well, I lost a little bit of respect for it whenever it got beaten by Bryson. Really? Bryson beat it bad. He beat it to a pulp. Wait until they put the trees by the tee boxes next time. Oh, can't wait. I mean, that's what they're going to do, right? Put the trees by the tee boxes. That's what so Southern did. Can't take these goofy angles. Yeah. Southern was a really good pick. I really wanted Southern. I did too. All right. I'm. Uh, There's still a bunch in the top 20 that I've we have got a toss-up here. I'm going to go with a course... Uh, I don't know if a lot of people have, have heard about this. Taylor, this is a course that you and I have loved for years. We actually even looked into how you even get on to play it. Terra Iti in New Zealand Stole my pick. is an unbelievable golf course. Google it. It's T-A-R-A. And is it just I-T-I? Yes. Yeah. Terra Iti. T-A-R-A-I-T-I. Two words. I-T-I. Terra Iti. Because it's weird because it's New like Zealand. it's public, but like you have to go down and stay in the suites or something for like three days or something weird like that. Wasn't yes, it something like and, that? but don't you also like you have to be recommended by somebody? That's right, yes. Like somebody has to recommend you to play, and then while you're on property, you have to be the absolute most upstanding of a citizen. Or like if, if I'm pretty sure we read like if you throw a club, you're, you're gone. You're off the property, leave. Not welcome back. You're not welcome back. And, and, and you'll never be welcome back. Like this is... A place where you go, you enjoy yourself, but you also behave yourself. And it's, I mean, it's set in the cliffs of New Zealand, right on the ocean. It's, it's unbelievable. May I see the list, Colby? I need to, I need, I, I need to get, because I don't want, I don't want to take all the courses the way, in the same area. Right now, while y'all were making your picks, I'm reading up on this National Golf Links of America. Man, it's hard for me to think that it's not overrated because it's in New York. Like, if you put this course right. in, you know, I would say, you know, North Carolina or somewhere like that, that 
it would get this much attention. Yeah, you're probably right. It, it seems overrated to me. And that's I, why and that's why I thought it was so cool that Prairie Dunes was all the way up at 26 because it's in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, right. and, and it doesn't host big events. All I right. mean, Big 12 Championship, but I'm gonna you know what I mean. ta- I'm going to take a top 10 course that a lot of people may not know about. Give me Sand Hills in Nebraska. Yep. Ben Crenshaw yep. Design. And then I'm going to go across the pond. Probably, my, in my opinion, the best designed open golf course that they have, Carnoustie. Yeah, Carnoustie's a really good one. Uh, was Carnoustie even on the top 100? 39th. It was 39th? I must yep. have missed it as I was scrolling through. Yep, Carnoustie, 39th on the list. I'm passing by a lot that I'm, are good courses, but I'm still, I think this list got him way missed. Uh, okay, coming up next, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to a course that has hosted some major, big-time events. Give me Whistling Straits. Pete okay. Dye, you're Pete Dye lover today. I, I like me some Pete Dye. I think that's why we course. disagree with the list. It's a good golf course. See, I, and the ones we're skipping, like we've skipped, you know, National Golf Links of America. We've skipped Fisher's Island. Royal Portrush, we've skipped. Ha, uh, Turnberry. Has Turnberry been chosen? Turnberry has not been chosen. You want I Turnberry? Take, I will take Turnberry. Right. Turnberry off the board. And give me some. Let me look down this list. You got two more picks, by the way. Muirfield Village. Muirfield Village. All right. So I've got Muirfield. Sam has Muirfield Village. Yep. Muirfield Village. By the way, super underrated on this list. 85, give me a break. Uh, my next pick, by the way, I am all over the globe with uh, with the picks that I'm taking. For this one, I'm going to Korea. Give me Nine Bridges, former host of the CJ Cup, and I hope the future host of the CJ Cup. Nine Bridges, unbelievably visually aesthetic golf course. The players always rave about the setup, about the challenge. Nine Bridges is a great golf course. Is... Are we serious here? Is uh, Muirfield Village ranked 85th on this list? Yeah, it's yeah. Nuts. Are you serious? That's crazy. Okay, low. and how is this course not been picking? I don't see it on the list either. Where's Olympic Club at? It's down uh, there Olympics at 96. On, it's on here, but it's 96? 96, yeah. yeah. You've got to be absolutely kidding me. Oh, my God. So I'm God, that makes want, this list. So I'm assuming you want Olympic? Oh, yes. Olympic, and I believe you have one more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You get one more. Nine, okay. One more course. Um, Pressure's on. May I see the list again, Colby? Yep. Sorry. There, there is the list. Because I've, I've, I've realized with the name draft that I have to appease to the crowd a little bit if I want to win. And you know what? There are so many good courses. Oh, my God, I know. And, man, it, it's too good of a course. I can't not pick it. Give me uh, give me Cabot Cliffs in Canada, Nova yeah. Scotia. Cabot Cliffs, okay. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, by the way, if anybody wants to look these up, that's C-A-B-O-T, Cabot Cliffs. Also, you can Google just Google golf.com top 100 and they'll pop up a story with all of these. You can look at them, see pictures of all of them. Uh, they are, and let us know how atrocious at this list. They is. are shockingly, it's, shockingly it's, beautiful. It's golf literally courses. like they, they just said, who wants to donate the most money to get on the list? And then they just put them on there. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to, I have an obvious pick for my last pick. The la the last pick is the hardest one because you know, after you make your last pick, you've officially left some off that you want on your list. Yep. I still can't believe Butler National didn't make this list. They could have a major out there tomorrow. There's a lot of courses on here that are... Mm. Oak Tree, another one. Maybe they'll, it'll crack the top 100 after they redo. Okay, I'm going to go with a uh, an interesting course. It's an interesting property. They've actually got five courses up there. I'm going to go Bandon Dunes with my last pick. They had it. That's that's kind of precious to me from video games as a kid playing Bandon Dunes. That was always fun. USM there a couple of years ago, I thought was great. You so need to take Bandon. the best course on the property, Colby. 
Pacific Dunes? Yeah. Yeah, again, that's the that's the video game side of me. I played Band of Dunes growing up yeah. for a decade on Tiger Woods games, and I love you it. You lost on Band of Dunes for a decade. That's, not in, that's inaccurate, <laughs> Taylor. That's inaccurate. We shouldn't lie to people on the podcast. I, people trust us. We I have, think we Colby, have to be was, Colby was winning our uh, March Madness thing last year. I don't he? think I was. I think Taylor was winning. Was I, think, winning? I think it was like a 1-2 with Colby and then Sam. You were way down the list. Yeah, I got too drunk one night. Yes. Yes. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Speaking of... One more pick. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Where's it at on the list? Uh, it's number 71. I, I see uh, our man Golf Club uh, Collection um, tw- uh, Instagramming about this all the time. He goes out and plays there all the time. I think it's in New York. Pretty sure it's in New York. Yep. Um, 1913. Yeah, and it is unbelievable if you look at some of the pictures. Gilhan's Restoration 2017. Is there another golf... Um, Guy who renovates courses nowadays in Gil Hans. Is he I, the I only have a person? Question. Does Gil Hans design any golf courses, or does he just go around and redesign? I golf don't know, courses? but whatever he does, he's really good at his job. Yeah, whatever he does, he's really good at. He's, he's the one who read it Southern, and I mean Southern's unbelievable. So let me just run down the list real quick. We're done. We've got ten yep. on each. Uh, Sam. Augusta, Shinnecock, St. Andrews, Marion, Southern Hills, Los Angeles Country Club, Wingfoot, Turnberry, Muirfield Village, and Sleepy Hollow. I've got Pine Valley, Pinehurst number two, Royal Melbourne, Muirfield, Prairie Dunes, Ocean Course at Kiowa, Terra Edy, Whistling Straits, Nine Bridges, and Bandon Dunes. Taylor, you've got Cypress Point, Pebble Beach, starting out in California, Royal County Down, Oakmont, Riviera, Seminole, Sand Hills, Carnoustie, Olympic Club, and Cabot Cliffs. The only course that Gil Hintz that I've recognized on this list that he fully designed was the uh, course in Rio for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, a couple that I, I really wanted and I didn't get them in there, I'd say the two top omissions for me Inverness and Baltistral. I really like both those golf courses and couldn't get either one in. Shout out Bob Tway. Yep, shout out Bob Tway. Baltistral ends on two par fives. There, there's a bunch cool. of courses in here that I've never even heard of. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, Morfontaine at 41. Looks yeah. like a really nice golf course. I wasn't throwing it in. I've never heard of it. Barnboogle Dunes. Yeah, Woodhall Spa. Yeah. Even something like Fisher's Island is 16th. It's a really good, good course. It was built in 2002. Doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. What is, Any, what, what is La Hinch? Uh, beats me. Beats me. Yeah. Swinley Forest, Shore Acres. The country did anyone pick the country club? Country uh, club was not taken. The, the country club was not taken. Oakland, Ma- major Oak, there. Oakland Hills wasn't taken. Is the country Crystal club da- even on the list? Crystal Downs yes. wasn't taken. That's a good course. Uh, Perry Maxwell half designed that. That's in Michigan. Uh Beth Page was not taken, was it? Uh Beth Page was not taken, no. World Lithum St. Anne's. I mean, that's not the best. Prestwick, yeah, that's older. Cassidy Tempo, that might be the best course not taken. What, where's the Dominican golf club? Number one hundred number one hundred on the list. The uh, golf club? Let's click on it. Yeah. I don't know. Good question. They weren't very creative with their name. Nineteen twenty nine, it's in Ontario. Gotcha. Oh yeah. no, I'm sorry. That, no, I'm sorry. I read the wrong one. It's in New Albany, Ohio. It was built in nineteen uh, uh yeah, nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, I'll say died. I dock the golf club and the country club for name creativity. <laughs> At least, the, at least the country club was built in the dope. 1800s. The golf club was built in the 60s. Give me a break. It, it's kind of cool, but also it's kind of like, could you not come up with a name, or did you just think that you were being like super exclusive? But then to me, whenever that name gets said, I don't immediately like associate. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, the country club. I'm like, which, which one? Which one? Oak Tree? Quill Creek? Like, which one? Which one yeah. are you talking about? Boy, two other just horrible things on this list that I, I just noticed. One is that Peachtree, which is, of course, in Atlanta, Georgia. Some people say it's just as nice as Augusta is. It's ranked 90th. Peachtree, yep. And then, of course, that I don't I didn't even see on here. I may be wrong. The Elotion Club in Arkansas. How is that not oh, ranked yeah. on here? Yeah. 
It's all right. I don't know enough about it to say whether I would kick some of these others off. But, I mean, it's... I will say, it's hard to put a list like this together because you're going to have to leave out some great golf courses and you're going to have to throw some in that nobody's heard of. But Augusta at 9 and Pebble Beach at 14, are, that's, that's pretty glaring weaknesses on their overall list. But we'll tweet out our teams, our teams of 10. We'll throw that up on Twitter, let everybody vote on it. That's Twitter, at the 73rd hole. The 73rd hole on Twitter. Go vote. Colby, where was uh, where was Huntman National on this list? Where was Huntman National? The all par fives. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to get the we ball rolling on Huntman National for uh, for course design. You know, what we need to do at some point because it's going to slow down in December and stuff before we get into Hawaii and, and get into the the California swing. We need to sit down the three of us mm-hmm. and we need to put together an eighteen hole golf course that are our favorite eighteen par fives from across the world. And that'll turn into Huntman National. And that'll National. be Huntman National. We need to actually do it, and then we like, can tweet them out one by one. 18, like each person picks 18, then we pick the best 18 from the 54? Um, No, I think we need to come together as a show, and the three of us put together one each of us put six. 18-hole golf course. Either we each pick six, or we each agree on 18. Like, we each yeah. agree on each one down the list. Yeah, we'd have to do something like yeah, that. Like, if we, like if we both, did, if we all did six, we could, like, veto another one. Like, Sam, that pick was stupid. We're not adding that <laughs> hole to the court, you know, and then pick another one. Right. Or, like, if I picked a hole and you're like, what in the world is that? Yeah, so we need to do that. That's our off-season homework, is to put and together Huntman National with the 18 best par fives from across the, the world. The biggest thing, guys, isn't really the holes, it's the whole order. What, what's going to be the first hole? What's right. going to be the 18th hole? Right. Where are you, what are you finishing on? Is what, it what's the ninth hole? What's the 10th hole? Is it reachable or is it not? That's the question. What's the final three holes? What's 16, 17, 18? Uh, these are all great questions. Well, I guess we'll find we'll out. We'll figure it out. We've got homework to do. Head over to Twitter at the 73rd hole. Vote on these teams of golf courses and check that out. Golf.com top 100 list. And make sure to uh, follow us uh, next week whether it be 73rd hole or golf Oklahoma because of the uh, Oklahoma golf hall of fame. And yep. so that dinner is coming up on Sunday night and we will have all of the, we'll be there and we'll have all of the uh, coverage from everything that went, went on that night. Yep. And y'all will both be there, right? Yes. I had a prior engagement that I couldn't get out of. Uh, so I will not be there. Taylor and Sam will be there. They'll be locking it down for the 73rd hole as they did on Monday when I was under the weather. Appreciate that, fellas. Uh, we are done for the day. We're back next week talking Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame, RSM Classic, and much, much more. Thanks for listening once again to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>